Good morning, everyone. Good morning. My name is Nico Saudi, and I've been going to St. John since I was around six years old. I'd like to start by reading a passage from James that captures the essence of my faith. James 2, verse 14. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if, someone's cl if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by a deed, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. Last year in the middle of June, in front of many of my friends, I was crying my eyes out. No, nope, scratch that. I was bawling my eyes out. Now, this might sound strange for a 15-year-old to do so, but I had a good reason. On that day, we were handing over the keys of a newly built house to a Mexican family in Little Alejandra whose house I and a number of my friends built on our Mexico mission trip. For the last three years, I've been going down to Mexico to build houses for the unfortunate. Building the house is a deed that requires hard work, but in the end of the day, you provide a place of peace, security, and hospitality for the family. However, that is not all. God does not ask us only to give something to others, but rather connect with them. I was fortunate enough to spend little time with little Alejandra, carrying her on my shoulders, drawing with her, chasing her around. And on that day of handing over the keys, the emotions just came out. Two weekends ago, I was in Davis, playing in a semifinal game for the State Cup tournament. We were on fire that day, dominating the other team, but unfortunately it ended in a 1-1 tie. So it was down to a penalty shootout. Now, for those who are not um, familiar with the penalty shootout, the poor goalie has to fend off someone from shooting around 30 feet away. We lost, unfortunately, and afterwards, our, our goalie, sitting with his head hanging between his knees, walked over. Hanging. I walked over, pulled him up, and told him, it's going to be okay. It's not just your fault. We all lost today. Today, it is easy to bring people down, to be mean to someone, posted something nasty on social media, or blaming something for your failures. Building loving relationships on and off the field is more important than winning. Tom and Ginger has created an amazing space for us at Youth Group, allowing us to make deeper connections with those close to us. During our Youth Group, we have a time to talk about how our week went and how we feel. And one night I remember a member talked about how her week was going, and she said it was just a bad week. Instead of letting it go, I really wanted to know what was going on. Her emotions took over, and like me on that Mexico trip, she started crying. But it, was, but it brought us closer together. God doesn't want us to connect with only a few people, but to those we come in contact with. God blesses us so much, especially here in Marin. He loves us despite who we are. 
I've traveled to South Africa and Mexico a number of times, and I've seen how people struggle on a daily basis. Tom and the youth group went up to Sonoma after the fires, and we saw the utter destruction there. Yes, we have so much to be grateful for. I want my actions, my deeds, to be a shining light of my faith. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. My name is Genevieve Davidson, and my passage I will be telling you today is from 1 Corinthians. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can phantom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have the faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. My story I'll be telling you today was about how a year ago my best friend posted a video on social media and cyberbullied me. This brought me to my rock bottom. I have never felt so low in my life. And my parents were going through things and distracted by difficulties going around. But my dad was the one who came out to me. He knew I needed help. We decided to go to a couple therapy sessions together and talk about how we felt. I started telling my therapist and my dad how I was feeling. And my dad started telling him how, me how he was feeling as well. After that, we were, we were searching for something more. So we decided to go to church together, which was amazing and which is also where I found my family here today with me. After this, I have never felt so much love in my life. It has brought me up to the happiness I've never felt before. This is why the phrase and the verse it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres means so much to me because it's everything my dad has done for me today and God. That's going to be hard to follow. <laughs> Good morning. My name is Jillian Vizjack. My passage that I'm going to be sharing with you today is from 1 Corinthians. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and prophecy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a woman, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. 
but the greatest of these is love. I chose this passage because it connects to me because when I think of the word love, I immediately think of family. Now, I have three different families. I have my blood relatives, my basketball team, and the people that I got confirmed with yesterday. This past weekend, I traveled to Reno for a basketball tournament. I got to have an amazing experience with my teammates. And not only did we do great on the court, but we also bonded with each other and created a loving atmosphere which helped us succeed when we played. The last day we were in Reno, everyone was pretty sad because this was going to be our last game together before going off to high school and playing for a brand new team. But I realized is that the bond we created through these past years was unbreakable. If you don't believe me, well then you should take a look at my phone in the morning. It's always full with text messages. Um, and it, oh wait, yeah. <laughs> Even though we text each other a lot of jokes, we also talk about what we're going through. From having a bad day to a huge success, we celebrate those moments like a family would. This family may just be a group of crazy weird girls, but I think deep down it's more than that. I, we love each other so much, and I think because we love each other, we create a sixth sense on the court which helps us dominate. And not many teams have that, which I'm lucky enough to be part of such a strong community of girls. But I couldn't have been here today without all my different families. All of you have supported me out, supported me through the years, and I think that's what love means. To support others when one took your shirt without asking, didn't pass to you when they should have, or when they take the last bagel early on a Sunday morning. <laughs> All these families have one thing in common, which is love. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. My name is William Biggs, and for my confirmation speech, I will be reading a passage called The Joys of Life, which is in Sirach 40. Life is sweet for the self-reliant and the worker, but he who finds treasure is better off than both. Wine and music gladden the heart, but the love of wisdom is better than both. The flute and the harp make pleasant melody, but a pleasant voice is better than both. The eye desires grace and beauty but the green shoots of grain more than both. A friend or a companion never meets one amiss, but a wife with her husband is better than both. Brothers in help are for a time of trouble, but almsgiving rescues better than both. Gold and silver make the foot stand sure, but good counsel is esteemed more than both. Riches and strength lift up the heart, but the fear of the Lord is better than both. There is no loss in the fear of the Lord, and with it, there is no need to seek for help. The fear of the Lord is like a garden of uh, blessing and covers a man better than any glory. The joys of life especially stood out to me for several reasons. Every first line of the couplets, two happier positive things would be said something that could be bought with money, but it would only make someone temporarily happy or not much happier. Then the following line would say something that really makes you happy, something that is more meaningful. The passage's theme relates to the saying, money can't buy happiness. And the joys of life appealed to me because I see the same recurring theme in my life. The true joys in people's life 
aren't just the little things that may cause temporary happiness, like a gift card or a new pair of shoes. The things that really make people happy are things that take effort and time. In my life, the true joy is basketball. It is impossible to buy the pure joy of the game. My joy is derived from hours, um, hours and hours spent practicing in the gym, working on dribbling, defense, passing, and shooting. Basketball wasn't always fun for me, though. In sixth grade, I only started half of the games on my basketball team. I got frustrated, and this is why I started working harder, playing more, until I got better. Although I have improved my basketball ability, there's still much more work to be done and more improvements to be made. And this takes time. As I said, money can't replace time. So in short, money could not have bought my joy for the game of basketball. And that is why this passage appealed to me. Thank you. My name is Parker Bizjack, and I have been at St. John's since I was a little boy. And I wanted to read you guys a passage from Psalm 145 called The Greatness and Goodness of God. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall laud your works to another, and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty, and on your wondrous works, I'll meditate. The might of your awesome deeds shall be proclaimed, and I will declare your greatness. This passage resonated with me but out of everything it has to do with me and my relationship with God and the greatness and goodness of God. The greatness and goodness of God is shown through the sharing of love and joy. And an example of myself trying to spread that love is when a boy this past summer told me that he was coming to San Domenico. He had been bullied at his other school. But knowing this, I knew that just having one person that cared about you is all you need. And this year, he's had such a fun time at San Domenico and is so glad he went there. And I'm so glad that I made a difference on his life. God protects us and guides us every day and does his best to help others in any way that he can. But not all joy is passed from God. Sometimes, you have to depend on grace. A lot has happened in my life for the last four months or so. During the good and bad times, one thing has always been consistent. My friends my family, and God. I play two sports at San Domenico, basketball and baseball. The joy and love that comes from playing these sports with my best friends is unbelievable. These two sports I've been playing since I was five years old, and at San Domenico, we aren't a fully co-ed school yet, so we have to work even harder every day as a team because we don't have any seniors on our team. For basketball, we are such a close-knit group of boys who just love to play the game. This year we won our league championship, and the joy from winning was something I could have never imagined. Then when it came time to baseball season, I thought about quitting, but the joy and love for playing with my best friends is what kept me playing. Last year we finished 2-12, and 12, and if you told us that we would make the playoffs or even win it, I would think you're crazy, but that's what happened. When we won for baseball, the joy that came from winning was incredible, more than basketball, because of how much farther we came to win from last year. When there are good times, though, they're bad. At midway through baseball season, I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, and the toll that it took on me and my family was heartwarming. My family, more than ever, was there for me, 
and I need that to help me get through the hardest time of my life. This was the hardest thing in my life, but the love my family showed to me was something I could have never asked for. God has a reason for everything that happens, and everything that happened this year shows why. God has a plan for all of us, and the joy that, and love that God has, to get, has given to all of us is something I'm incredibly grateful for. I'd be nothing without my friends, family, and God, and I'm so glad of everything and everyone who's helped me get to where I am today. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Elise Honreader, and I will be presenting two passages. The first is from Deuteronomy. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord, your God, goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. The second passage is from James. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. In these passages, they are explaining how important it is to both believe in ourselves and trust that God is with us. We aren't alone during difficult times, but we also need to persevere through challenges. These passages explain how we need to have confidence and persevere even in the times when we want to give up the most. If every day you walk with your shoulders back, standing tall, and your head held high, but not so high you can't see the world around you, anything is possible. When I was in fourth grade, I was starting to get serious with my tennis, and I decided I would need a new coach. My coach then was soft, and I wondered if he was going to require of me what it would take for me to perform my best. He would tell me I was playing amazing every day, even on my worst days, and give me compliments after every shot. Don't get me wrong. When you're learning to play, it feels great to have some, someone tell you you're doing amazing. But eventually, you need a coach that has a backbone. So in the end of fourth grade, <laughs> I moved to a new coach. And man, did I hate that coach at first. If I missed a shot, he would challenge me, asking me where my head was, or if I had bricks tied to my feet. It was incredibly difficult for me, and I found myself wanting to give up. My parents encouraged me to stick with this coach for a while, but they let it be my choice. I decided I would keep at it and make the best of it, hoping that in the end, I would love it. Then one day, I was planning to go home and tell my mom that I was done with this coach, when he did something I did not think he was capable of. He gave me a compliment. It felt so good, I couldn't believe it. At the time, I didn't know why it made me feel so good, because I had gotten plenty of compliments from my old coach. Sometimes our greatest rewards come from the most difficult and challenging circumstances. I realized this because later I found out that it was because he made me work for those compliments. After that day, I decided this coach, that I liked this coach, because he had, after he had given me that small compliment that I was doing well, I took off my blindfold and saw what this coach was doing for me. He was trying to help me build grit, perseverance, and confidence. I am still practicing with this coach. I know how to persevere, and my confidence since fourth grade has gone up significantly. I have learned these lessons in different circumstances and realized they are taught in different ways. While skiing at Sugar Bowl when I was 11 years old, I accidentally skied down to a remote chairlift called Crow's Nest that was closed. It was one of those years when we had little snow. There was no good way out, and I didn't realize my error until I was already a long way from the open ski runs by myself. It was one of the loneliest, scariest things to ever happen to me. 
But knowing that it was up to me to solve the situation, I spent a long hour retracing my tracks and hiking back into the open area of the ski resort. Once I found an adult, they helped me, and I went to the ski patrol shack to call my dad. I could have given up, but by persevering through the snow, I knew God was with me and that it would take both of us to get back out. My grandma Elsie gave my dad a poem when he was 10 years old that he still keeps with him today. I thought it would be fun to share it with you. It is by S.H. Pear. Get the most from each hour, each day, and each age of your life. Then you can look forward with confidence and back without regrets. Be yourself, but be your best self. Dare to be different and to follow your own star. And don't be afraid to be happy. Enjoy what is beautiful. Love with all your heart and soul. Believe that those you love, love you. When you are faced with a decision, make that decision as wisely as possible. Then forget it. The moment of absolute certainty never arrives. And above all, remember that God helps those who help themselves. Act as if everything depended on you and pray as if everything depended on God. Thank you. Um, hi, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> I'm Martha. I'll be reciting a passage from 1 Corinthians. Just as a body has many parts, all its parts form one body. So it is with Christ. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. I chose this passage because it so accurately describes what being a part of St. John's means to me. It's all of these wonderful people who come together with really not that much in common, but the fact that they're choosing to spend their weekends at church. And somehow it works. I've been coming here since I was seven, but only because my parents made me. And I did not like it at first, at all. <laughs> I would color or stare at the ceiling just thinking about how I would rather be literally anywhere else. And then I joined youth group. I don't really know what I was expecting, but it wasn't this. Everyone was so nice and welcoming, and I really felt like I'd found my second family. It was the beginning of middle school, which is kind of a hard time for everyone because everyone's figuring themselves out and there's so much drama. Add that to a grade of about 15 girls that didn't really get along with each other and you get a hard year. I feel like I didn't really belong in my grade, but it's a really powerful thing for a small, insecure sixth grader to know that there are actually people out there that do care. This seems so simple, but it completely changed my life for the better. The friends I made here at youth group helped me get through some of the worst years of my life. It's been almost four years since I've joined youth group, and it's kind of my constant. I know that whether I've just had the worst week of my life or the best, this church community is here for me. It doesn't matter if I need a shoulder to cry on, someone to celebrate with, or just a hug. I can come to St. John's because friends, guys, and grades change constantly. But this community is something I can rely on week after week, year after year. And this is kind of why I want to get confirmed, because I love so much being a part of this church family, and I want to be a part of it for the rest of my life. Because that scared little sixth grade girl needed help, and you guys were there. Because this church and the people that make it up mean everything to me. It's not the donuts or the amazing communion bread that make it worth waking up early to come to church. 
It's this amazing feeling of being a part of something bigger than ourselves, and that although we are all individuals, we are one community. Thank you.